Getting hitched? There's a podcast for that, and you're listening to it. The Save the Date Wedding Podcast, the number one podcast about all things wedding y. We're not supposed to laugh beforehand, but I love that we're laughing already. I've featured lots of guests on this podcast so far, wedding bloggers, financial experts, planners, authors, <gasps> breathe Alicia. But there is one guest that I've yet to feature, or should I say a real life person, someone that has been there and done that, an actual bride. And this lady, well, she has been there and done that. I'm not technically allowed to say that I have favorite listeners because you're all my children. But today... <laughs> I'm featuring, get this, Melissa, the OG of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. (laughs) Last January, only a couple of months into my wedding planning podcast adventures, I received an email from Melissa, she's today's guest, in, uh, it was somewhat an amazing piece of correspondence, I will have to say, where she revealed that she and her fiancé, Brandon, were struggling to find a rabbi in Northern California. She had dress dramas with her seven bridesmaids. Gosh, I've got so many questions. A close family friend wanted to bring his mistress instead of his wife. How could I not invite this lovely lady on to talk about her wedding day, how it all turned out? Melissa, welcome to the show. (gasps) Hi! (laughs) That's the longest intro I've ever done for anyone, but I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be here. Can I say Mazel Tov? Am I allowed to say that as a non-Jew? Yes, you may. Yes, you may. Mazel tov! Hey. Hi. Hi. You have done it. (laughs) We're like little gilly gilly girls because we've been texting. We're not texting. We're not like teenagers. We've been Twittering and Instagramming and, you know, just social stalking each other for a year, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. So... It's really nice to have you on the show, and I want to hear all about this wedding because that's the thing. I do talk a lot about you know weddings from a perspective of experts and stuff, but we haven't really had a real-life person on to talk about it, so it's, you know, great. When did you get hitched and where? It was um, October 11th of 2015, and it was on um – my grandparents' property up in Northern California, a really tiny town called Fortuna, if anyone has ever heard of it. Nobody has. We'll all go and Google it right now. <laughs> but it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, and it's, it was, um, the property's been in our family, I think, for over 120 years. Wow. And, yeah, a long time. And my grandparents are having a really hard time getting around now. So even though Brandon and I are both based in LA and his family is all, um, in New Jersey and Florida, we thought that the easiest thing for my grandparents, who are very important to both of us, would be just to do it at a place that isn't an actual wedding venue and just get it all together ourselves, which was really hard, but we did it and <laughs> it was great. <laughs> that is, you know, and this, I think this is why we connected as well because we did exactly the same thing. We turned a non-wedding venue into a wedding venue, which really at the beginning sounds like a great idea until you mm-hmm. actually go, oh, shit, this is actually a lot of work. Oh, yeah. I was I was like, well, it's in Northern California and it's a small town, so it'll be cheaper. It'll be great. No, no, no. I think it was actually more expensive than it would have been if we had gotten married in LA. But, you know, what are you going to do? So, okay. When did you get engaged? How long ago? Um, We got engaged last May. So about almost a year and a half before we got married. And um at the time, it was before 
Brandon's a screenwriter, so it was before he was having really any kind of success. And it was, I was kind of doing the same thing I'm still doing right now. I'm a performer. Um, so we really weren't sure how we were going to pay for the wedding. We thought we were going to have to be engaged for two or three years, which I really wasn't looking forward to. I really just wanted to get it over with in the best way possible, even <laughs> though I was excited. I just didn't, I didn't want my life to be about planning this wedding because yeah. it's just not, it's not something that I've grown up dreaming about. I kind of dreamt about more the marriage and the life I was going to have, not the dress and the venue and the flowers and everything. Um, so luckily we, we together had, um, a little more financial, financial success than we thought we were going to have. And we ended up paying for pretty much the whole thing ourselves. His wow. parents, his parents helped with the rehearsal dinner and my mom helped a bit with my dress, but it was a huge, huge financial hole. <laughs> now we're like, we have no money, but it's okay. That's fine. But you paid, it's, for, it's not like you got into debt. Did you? Mm-mm. No. No, 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 no. Um, we didn't, I don't think. At the end, at the end, we were just like, the last week, we were like, fuck it, whatever, take all of our money, who cares? We just wanted it to run smoothly. (laughs) Yeah, we were just like, we just need this to work, like, I don't even care at this point. So, um. That's a really good point you make, because I think (laughs) I, I come across lots of people who are minding their pennies and pence and, you know, I'm totally, as you know, all for that. But there is that moment where you just go, this needs to end now. Just here's my bank account <laughs> details. Just drain it. I don't give a fuck. Just make it happen. Let's just finish yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny you just mentioned before about this idea that um, you didn't dream of a wedding. And I feel like that is like this. I'm always trying to feel it, figure out who my girls are, who my listeners are, my ladies and gents. I don't want to get in the way of the gents as well. I know there are gents listening, but... <laughs> They seem to be, that seems to be like the web that brings everyone together, that we're not these people that are dreaming of big white weddings, we're not princesses, and if we are, we're probably not really stuck in that idea of it. So I feel like that's who my core people are. How did yeah. you feel like when you first started planning the wedding, where did you get your inspiration? How did it all happen? Um. Well, I'm not going to lie. Once I did get engaged, I bought David Tutera's book. I read The Knot. I read pretty much everything because I'm a, I'm a big reader. And also, none of my friends are married or were engaged at the time. Mm-hmm. So I really was starting from scratch. And my, my mother, my grandparents, everybody eloped in my family or had very small weddings. Really? So yeah. So really, we'd never had in my family anything like this and I wouldn't even say it was like a big fancy wedding but my grandma was so worried that it was going to be this big this big like rah-rah event with chandeliers <laughs> and like gowns and she just she was so worried it was so funny she was like but our house is just like a farmhouse it's oh. not nice enough for your wedding and I was like grandma it's fine like rustic rustic California wedding it's gonna be okay oh my God, but, you, pay, um, you pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for a rustic California <laughs> wedding I know. So it was pretty much for me just looking on Pinterest and I did look a little bit before we got engaged just, just to kind of, just to kind of look, but I never wanted it to be, I never saw us as like a black tie couple or anything like that. That just seemed just not us at all. And I mostly just wanted everyone to be really comfortable. Um, I don't know. That's pretty much it. (laughs) Well, I think. That's that's like all we can all hope for is that people have a nice time and they're comfortable and they go, that was good. We enjoyed our night. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about your tweets. Look, you're very funny. (laughs) There's no doubt about it. 
Tell everyone your Twitter handle just so they can follow you now in real life. So I am at Melmel Daffodil, M-E-L-M-E-L Daffodil. And it's the same on Instagram as well. Um, I'm very prolific. Uh, you are, and I enjoy it a lot. I feel like Twitter, because I feel like I don't have that many followers, especially for my friends and family. I don't know why, but I feel like that's a place where I could really be honest about all the drama that was going on, because there was so much fucking drama. I um, I thought, because I'm kind of like type A neurotic just by nature, so I thought that I was going to be freaking out, bridezilla, but I really wasn't. I was, I think, just the chillest and just wanted everyone, I just wanted to be as easy as possible, give everyone a lot of options. But it turned out that everyone else was crazy and I was the sane one and they wanted me to die of a nervous breakdown. See, and that should be on – I'm going to create a new T-shirt that's, that says everyone else is crazy and I'm the sane one because that is the message. <laughs> I think it's probably, you know, thousands of people sitting home like nodding going, oh, actually, that's the truth. Everyone else goes a little bit cuckoo in the coconut yeah. and then – they have unreasonable expectations. They think that things should be done a certain way, and they not. Just back the fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I can give you so many examples. Well, well let's go. I want to know the first example. When you first went, all right, this is going to be challenging. What was that, that first moment? It's one of those things where I'm like, how honest am I going to be? But some people oh, won't please. ever listen to this. Come on. Um, Come on. I guess one of the first things was I wanted my best friend to be my maid of honor because we're just – we're so close. And I and she's a really crafty person. Like if you've seen – if anybody's seen any pictures from my wedding, all of the beautiful details, those were all her because even though I like the way things look, I have no actionable plan to make them myself because I, I love DIY, but I can't do it. I just can't. So, um, But that's the so- first stage of, of, of knowing you're not a DIY actual doer <laughs> is admitting it. So you congratulations. <laughs> I don't have the patience. I can't. I don't have time. Um, and so she was the obvious pick. And then there's my sister who honestly, like, we're just not that close. And um, she's great, but we live far away from each other. But I was her maid of honor mm. nine years ago. But I didn't do anything. I was, like, 17. I just showed up. So I decided to make her my matron of honor. So I was going to have a maid and a matron of honor just to, like, appease everyone but have it kind of just be in name this Mm -hmm. is before you had your choosing bridesmaids episodes and i wish that (laughs) it happened a little bit earlier but um my sister maybe this is things we shouldn't talk about just lots of lots of issues lots of personal problems and people making things about themselves Mm. she um she has a lot of tattoos and she had bright pink hair at the time and and it became this – she and my mom became pitted against each other. Oh, my no. mom told her that I wanted her to cover up her tattoos with makeup and dye her hair. And and I was like, that is not true. I don't care what you look like. Just wear the dress that I bought you. I bought her a dress. Everything was fine. And and she also wanted to pay for all of the bridesmaids to get henna tattoos all over. And me too. And she was like, it'll look great for your wedding. It's an Indian tradition. You can have henna all over your body and it'll be look great in pictures. Can I just and I say, was like, Melissa's not an Indian person. I just want to – she's quite Indian. white. <laughs> I, I am white. I am a Jewish lady. <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> Shout out to Karen Cinnamon for being amazing. <laughs> Yeah, well, exactly. Well, we'll get to that in a second, but I just want to say, you know, like, I think henna is fantastic, but possibly not, I want want to say not even, not even saying not culturally appropriate, but doesn't really go with your story. No, no. And I was, you know, so I told her, I was like, oh, that's so great, but... No. I don't there's a time when we're all going to be together to do that. So maybe another time. And she was like, okay, well, you know, uh, me and my boyfriend really want to do it anyway. So we're going to do it anyway. Oh, okay. And 
like, oh, okay. <laughs> Right. So I was like, all right. I, so really my sister was the wild card, but also, um, we really didn't care what people wore, but we didn't want a, a lot of people wearing black because it was a daytime wedding, you know, in the mountains. We wanted everyone to be nice and colorful. So we just asked on our information card, we asked that people pretty much wear anything except for black. And then immediately we got phone calls of people freaking out and they're like, but we, can we wear black anyway? Uh, what? <laughs> And uh, some people being like, well, we already bought black dresses, so we're going to wear them. And I was like, whatever. Wow. <laughs> Can we go back to your mum for a second about that she yeah. had said to your to you, well, she'd said to your sister that you yeah. had wanted her to change the hair and the cover up the tattoos. Clearly yeah. a passive aggressive way of something that she wanted your sister to do. Yeah. But that it was easy yeah. just to dump it on you. Yeah. Good one, mum. I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else to say other than that. Mm. Everyone in my, all the women in my family don't really get along as well as we could. <laughs> I won't lie. So that's, I think that's one thing I was worried about the most. I was worried about, um, my mom and my sister fighting. I was worried about, um, people, some people in, on Bryn's side of the family don't get along so well. So I was worried about that. But really when it came to it on the day, everyone was amazing and, um, got along. And I also, when I was planning, especially for my mom, because she's the same as me, very type A, she likes to be in control, but it also stresses her out and it stresses everyone else out. I made sure that she was not responsible for pretty much anything. I just wanted her to have a good day. Um, and I thought that that would be the best way to keep her from freaking out. <laughs> and did she appreciate that? Or was that something that you just did? And it was like, all right, I'll just ease it in and she won't notice. No, I think she really appreciated it. And also I know that she felt guilty because she and my dad didn't have a lot of money that they could contribute to the wedding. So I think because of that, she wanted to be hands off anyway because she was thinking, well, I'm not contributing. So I don't want to take this over, which was, which was nice. But also I was like, mom, help me. <laughs> there were times when I wanted help, but, um, yeah, she, she, she really showed up and was awesome. And even when I had a meltdown on the day, oh my gosh, so many things happened. Five days leading up to the wedding, we had eight people drop out who, who we were paying for. So that was disappointing, but a couple of them were for legitimate reasons. So one, one terrible thing that happened, pretty much the only thing that really stressed me out on the day, was that one of my very good friends who was going to be doing my hair and makeup, her mom passed away two days before the wedding. Oh, no. Yeah, so she couldn't come. And so I was really sad for her, and I was like, it's fine, we'll figure it out. And and I, because I do my makeup every day performing, that was not a big deal. I did my own makeup, but then when we tried to do my hair, it looked so bad. Oh, and that's so the worst bad. thing. When you know, you know, I, I, I have this theory about hair, and the psychology of doing hair, because in the same way I did my hair for television for five years, if we were on location, I would always do my own hair. You know, I was not in that situation where you could have hair and makeup all the time. But the one fucking day where you need it to work, and you're like, I have blow dried my hair, I have said it a hundred <laughs> times, and the day that you've got to do it in a hurry, it doesn't work. So I, as soon as you said that, my heart went out for you, because yeah. it's one of those situations you're like, just do it, just work. Yeah, and it was, uh, so that's when I had, I had a panic attack, I'm not right. gonna lie. I had a panic attack, and my maid of honor was trying to help me, and I, 
everybody was trying to talk to me. I was like, listen, I just need to be alone. So I literally, I sent everybody out. I was in the bathroom trying to fix it. And my friend was like, it's okay. We don't have to do the, the first look is supposed to be in 20 minutes, but like, it's really, cause I hadn't done my makeup yet. She, she was like, it's okay. We can push it back. And I was like, no, I spent way too much time on this schedule. <laughs> so, um, it ended up being fine. I don't, I still like my hair looks fine. I don't beautiful. love it. But it was free, so you know what are you gonna do? And uh, and that and that honestly was the worst thing that happened. It was just that I panicked. But Brandon wrote me a really nice little note because all I wanted in the moment, all I wanted was to see him. Mm. And everyone was like, "No, no, no! You're gonna mess up the first look. You don't want to see him. And you're not ready yet." And I was like, "I just want Brandon." <laughs> oh, my darling. What, but but I love that you powered on through because these things, you know, like you've heard me say a hundred times in any time of life, not just bloody weddings, shit happens and you've got to deal with it. And I think you powered through and it was so unfortunate yes. about your friend. That's an awful thing to have to happen. And then for you to have to go, I think it puts you in an awful situation because that's a big emotive, awful thing to happen to your friend. But then also there's a selfish little thing that my brain went and went, oh, what about your hair and makeup? But you go, oh, that's oh, your friend's mum just died. Alicia, you fucking oh. awful hurt human being. But I did, my heart just went out to you going, oh my God, what do you do? So that happened. I got my period 30 minutes before the ceremony. Fantastic. <laughs> and I knew it was going to happen. I knew because I, I like had cramps leading up and I was like, fuck, this is going to happen. I'm going to, I'm going to. And so it was, uh, it was after we took our photos and we were about to do our ketubah signing, our Jewish um, wedding contract and I went to the bathroom and I was like no so there was that and, and you don't want to be also you know, has anyone got a tampon because if we could just has anyone got I mean I literally I, I I leaned out the door and I was like I need a bridesmaid <laughs> so yeah so that what else happened Brandon's mom broke her ankle two weeks before the wedding that was awful. So imagine there's amazing there, the, but there are some amazing pictures of them doing their mother son dance and her in her cast, and it's actually really sweet. And uh, did she have a decorated moon boot or something? No, <laughs> that's what I want. I want to see a sparkly moon have. boot. She should have. <laughs> so that happened. Um, another person that was supposed to sing during the ceremony, she had a miscarriage the day before, so she couldn't come. So it was like all these little things, and I felt so bad for everyone. And then, of course, just like assholes who said they were coming but never came for no reason. <laughs> oh, geez. Look, this is this is very good. I promise there's some good times coming. We've got. I like that we're getting through all the dodgy shit that has <laughs> hit you. Because it's yeah. reality. I could tell five dodgy things, ten dodgy things that happened during our wedding. I love your honesty and openness. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pause slightly so people can go and listen to me talking again, but in another context. You know what I'm talking about. This is the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. If you don't know that and you are confused, that's what you're listening to. I am talking to the lovely Melissa. She's an actress. She's a performer. She has just gotten hitched. She is one of my original listeners, and uh, I'm delighted that she's on today, sharing her wealth of knowledge about getting hitched and uh, the highs and lows of planning a wedding, because so often the wedding media only portray wedding planning as this magical, amazing time where everything is great. I love that I can see, see, we're Skyping right now, and I can see Melissa's head going, no, 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 no. <laughs> It's not true. (laughs) But they do, don't they? I mean, this is part of the reason why I started this podcast, because when we planned our wedding, I was like, this is lies. I'm not that person in the wedding magazine. I don't know what is going on, but they must all be on crack, because this is not how it is. Yeah, it's not. It's really Um, strange. 
Yeah. And, but I think the hardest thing, everybody talks about post wedding blues and mm. people getting sad that they don't have something to plan after the wedding. But I think the hardest thing for me, other than all the people around, um, during planning the wedding was, um, just that I've this year particularly, I've been dealing with, um, depression, mm. which is a hard thing to talk about. And I know that I, and it has nothing to do with getting married, any of that. And that's what a lot of people said. They're like, Oh, you, you're depressed because you don't really want to get married. But, that wasn't it at all. Depression and I, doesn't have to be connected with a certain thing. I think this is a I huge know. misconception of society. I think this is great you're talking about it. Please continue. And I, oh, yeah. And <laughs> I I looked online and I tried to find resources, but there there really aren't that many talking mm-hmm. about people getting married, dealing with depression. I don't know. So for me, it was hard. I felt I felt really alone. And I think all of this started, I had a head injury actually at the beginning of this year. I got a concussion at work. And a lot of times that can lead, that kind of shakeup can lead to, um, to depression and a lot of anxiety. Um, so I'm not sure exactly if that's what kicked it all off, but I found myself like going to a therapist and getting on medication and, and everybody's saying, well, is, is getting married really what you want to do? And it, I just want, if anyone out there is a depressed bride, I just want you to know that you are not the only one and you can, you can talk to me about it if you want. Cause it's really hard to have people, I don't know how to say this in a succinct way, but to have people say, well, you're just super young. You obviously don't want to get married. And mm. I don't know. That's, that's really all I have to say. But that was, that for me was the hardest thing. And that's something that I'm still dealing with. And actually Brandon is too. He's had, he's had a lot of problems with depression his whole life. And I think that really the only person who knows what's right for you and what's going on in your own head is you. Mm. So I think that I'm the kind of person that always wanted everybody's advice and opinion because that's just who I am with every little detail when it came to the wedding. And with this per- this particular issue, I realized that really the only person other than myself, the only person that I should be listening to is Brandon. And I think in, in the end that we're the only ones that it was about. And I, and I think that it's hard. You, everybody loses sight of that. Everybody does. And it's like everything people told me, they're like, don't spend all of your money. It's just one day. It's really not worth it. And I didn't listen to them. And now that the wedding's over, I'm like, fuck, they were so right. And so I'm saying this and nobody will listen. Maybe one really, really smart, wise old soul will listen. <laughs> hey, but- sister, I say it every week and I still get emails from people going, I've got no money. It's all gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I bought into it like everybody else does and not everything, but so that's what I will say. <laughs> not to be a downer, but yes. No. And I'm so glad you said that. I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm so glad you have depression, but I'm so glad you said this because I think so many people are put up this front that everything's great all the time. And I'm, and it's not. I uh, went through quite a period of depression last year when we first moved here. I was lonely. Uh, My career wasn't going as well as it was in in Australia. But one thing is I went to see a counsellor and we talked a lot about being open about your feelings and how a lot of people can't deal when you say, I'm not coping very well. I'm not going very well. And we are not conditioned in our society, especially to be able to go, oh, Really? Let's talk about it. Or if you don't want to talk about it, I accept that without saying, just be happy, just smile. And you're like, I don't want to fucking smile. Get off my back. This is not <laughs> going to fix me. I think you saying this and also connecting it with a time where it's 
um, a lot of people just go, you're supposed to be having a great time. Why aren't you smiling? Why aren't you having a good time? It's going, it's not how it is. We can't yeah. all be happy when people uh, put the magic wand of happiness on us. That's not life. So how do you feel, you know, like, I mean, post-wedding blues is one of those things that people say that, I don't know if it exists or not. I feel like it's like after you finish doing a show, I always equate it to when you've been in a play or you've been, I know when I write stand-up and I finished a run and I go, oh, God, I don't really know what to do with my life right now. Maybe just have a sleep. How do you <laughs> feel about that? Um, the wedding was amazing and I'm so glad that it's over and I never want to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, <laughs> Yeah, um, Melissa's laughing because we've got Skype video on, and my <laughs> I nearly just nogged myself with the with the microphone. So, <laughs> oh, Jesus, that's me a year of being an audio professional, and I can't get this fucking thing to work. <laughs> what an idiot! Um, oh, but I, I yeah, I never want to do anything like that ever again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ever. Um, no, I'm so happy that it's over. I feel like my stress level is so low, but I've been focusing more on my career because, because I was pretty much planning it by myself because mm. Brandon was really busy and he honestly paid for most of the wedding. Um, I said, okay, well, if you, if you're paying for most of it, then I am going to plan it. And so I didn't really have time to focus on me, focus on my career. And, um, so now I'm just taking classes, auditioning a lot. Um, and I just feel much, I don't know, freer to be a, a real person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not just like this crazy bride person who's always thinking about wedding details because that's, I don't know. And you haven't got to answer the question when people go, you, have you got married yet? When are you getting married? What's happening <laughs> oh. in your wedding? Oh, my God. Please stop talking about it. Yeah, I got to the point where I was like, I can't talk about it right now. <laughs> just say, I'm already married. Bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Tell me about um, the... Are there any moments in your wedding uh, that you go, meh, and you, that you would not do again or that you would have changed? And I'm not saying things that you regret, but are there things that you went, ah, oh, that detail was not worth the effort or I would probably not do that that way if I were to do it again, which you won't? Um, I don't know if I have anything like that, but I will say one of my – biggest mistakes that I made was that I bought a lot of the alcohol because we were supplying it ourselves. I bought a lot of it before we had our full guest count. Mm -hmm. So we have, we have like seven cases of wine left, which isn't the worst problem you could ever have. It's not (laughs) terrible. I took a bunch to a party last night, but one thing I did is I went wine tasting with my mother and I got a little drunk while we were wine tasting and I bought a thousand dollars worth of wine. (laughs) Just put it on my credit card. (laughs) Just like, it was a terrible decision. Don't do that. And if you're a mom, don't let your daughter do that. And, oh my gosh. Uh, so that's something that I wouldn't do. And because yeah. uh, I was, I was thinking I was buying for I don't know 115 people who want to drink a lot of wine, and we ended up with I don't know 80 ish people who were fine drinking the cocktails that we had, our signature drinks, and they drank a little bit of wine, but not a lot. And so that was something that I would not do again. And there was this moment where I had planned, instead of doing a bouquet toss, I wanted to do, have you ever seen the bouquet dances where all the married couples get on the floor and then they kind of one by one leave the floor and then the long, the couple that's been married the longest gets the bouquet? Have you ever seen that before? I've never seen that, but it sounds amazing and I'm going to Google it. So that's a thing. And that's what I wanted (laughs) to do with my bouquet, but it it came the time 
to do that in my schedule that was so important that I labored over. And my friend who was helping me coordinate on the day, she was like, hey, Melissa, do you want to do the bouquet dance? And I was like, what? No, fuck it. Who cares? And so we just <laughs> ditch it. Ditch it. I like just didn't care. It, that's the one thing after after the wedding, the actual ceremony, I didn't care about anything. I didn't care about anything. I was just so happy and so relieved. That's why if you see my wedding pictures, I'm just like laughing and cracking up and everything because I couldn't take anything seriously anymore because I was just so relieved that it was over. That's great. Um, <laughs> so- well, I truly think it's wonderful because it's the thing it's to go once you've done it and you're married and you're having a good time it's like I, I feel the same way we just danced the whole night I really didn't speak to anyone I was a very antisocial bride <laughs> and that that was the other thing and I, I was really worried because all I wanted was people basically I just wanted people to get drunk and dance all night and honestly we didn't have a lot of big dancers and it didn't bother me. Everybody was just talking, having an amazing time. And I realized that just because people weren't totally wasted and doing the Macarena, it didn't mean that they weren't having a good time. Because I was still I was still drinking and doing the Macarena. So it was okay. I think that's amazing. <laughs> By myself. <laughs> just drink it. The lone bride. Yeah, Macarena. <laughs> there it is. Um, that's why you sing yeah, for a living I, and I don't. <laughs> I think that we – I think that – it was just proof that all the decisions that we had made were the right decisions, mm. I think, um, for us as a couple. So I think that that was really nice to see. And it was so nice having people, just the little details, people actually noticing, because I thought nobody's going to notice this, but actually having people notice details and and compliment us on them. I was like, yes, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, I felt very validated, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is such a, I'm so delighted to actually be speaking with you in person, firstly, mm-hmm. that yeah. you would like, you came on and shared so honestly and openly, because that's really the most I can ask from any guests, and you are, you've been, you've exceeded yourself, can I just say? Yes. yes. She just aired, yes. <laughs> and, you know, I just feel like you, you've outdone yourself with the idea that you, you, uh, you know, when you first contacted me, you had all these sort of, I don't know, bizarre. We didn't even get to half of this stuff. And I don't even care. I, we, we, <laughs> all these sort of issues, but you overcame them. And even the, the sort of rough humps you had before the wedding, you still have a fan, fantastic time. So I just think it's a really nice way to talk to you and really cement that there's a lot of white noise and bullshit that surrounds these sort of events. And even with these things happening, you smashed it. Yeah, it was amazing. Melissa, final thoughts. If you had to give one piece of advice to our bride chillers and groom chillers out there, what is it? It's a big pause for you to cut out. I love um, it. No, I sort of want to keep the pause. I want people to hear this thought that's going on. I would say think really seriously about every person that you're including on the day. The every every groomsman, every bridesmaid. And honestly, every guest, unless you have unlimited money and you just want hundreds and hundreds of people there, we're really happy with who ended up coming. Um, but like I said, this is be, we cast our crew of bridesmaids and groomsmen before Alicia had her amazing episode about <laughs> obligation bridesmaids and the guest list episode helped a lot, but it's so important to only have people there that you want to have there and have people there that are actually going to help you and not 
make your life miserable because it's not about it's not about having a picture with 70 bridesmaids or not wanting to hurt anyone's feelings. That's just not what it's about. And like I said, I'm sure people won't listen and they'll still um, ask whoever they want to ask because they think that they have to, um, to be there on the day. But it's really just about you. And it's just don't waste anybody's money. Don't waste your money. And people will people will be okay if you don't ask them to be your bridesmaid. Yeah, they're going to leave. No one's going to die. And then they'll they'll probably have more fun, honestly, if they're not your bridesmaid. (laughs) I think ultimately, and it's funny that you mentioned that episode because I'm trying to write my second book at the moment and I've hit this sort of chapter about bridesmaids and I'm probably being a little too brutal. I'm going to have to have some serious sub-editing to, you know, edit the bitch out of it. But the idea that I think there are lots of people me included, when I've been asked to be a bridesmaid, I'm secretly delighted, but also there's a sort of impending doom sometimes with it when you know that perhaps the, I don't know, you know it's going to be drama-filled or you know you might be. I've been asked and I feel like I've been an obligation bridesmaid in a couple of weddings because you think, well, you feel like you have to because we're related or you feel like we have to because we're old friends and I and it's hard. So I feel like sometimes with bridesmaids, if you don't want to ask them, maybe they don't want to be asked or maybe they'd be more relieved just to be a guest or someone that's got some other skill that you can include in the wedding that doesn't necessarily have to have a bridesmaid activity attached to it. Yeah. I had seven. If I could go back and this is even before the wedding, I was like, I really should only have three. And I know exactly (laughs) who the three, who the three are, were, and they were the ones honestly that contributed the most and, it meant the most to have them there. Um, I mean, it's obviously was way too late, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> we, we like the other, we like the, uh, the other, the other crew are good as well, clearly, but there were three primaries. So that's nice. Yeah. And I'm sure yeah. people listening now would go, Oh, I know my core team. I know them mm-hmm. or go, maybe I don't want them at all. Cause I'm still a really big advocate of going, if you don't want bridesmaids and groomsmen, just ditch them, just get rid of them. You don't need them. There's yeah. no law. Just get yeah. rid of them. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, look, I want to talk to you for another six hours, but that probably isn't possible. You've got a life and I'm going to go let you live it. Thank you for being a devoted <laughs> listener. Honestly, you, you know, seeing your first email pop up, it was one of my first sort of real meaty, gritty emails that I went, oh my gosh, I'm going to help this girl. And it's, it's been such a pleasure uh, conversing with you over the past year and we'll connect. We'll stay connected. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get rid of me this easily, girl. Well, I'm still listening because one of my bridesmaids is getting married. Oh, and... stop it. <laughs> she just gets better and better. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. If you have a question like dear, dear, dear Melissa does, you can write to savethedatepodcast.com like you did. Hit the button, email me, I'll write back and hopefully answer your question on the show. Any other final thoughts? Final, final thoughts? Just listen to Alicia. She's right. <laughs> I didn't even tell her to say that. She didn't. (laughs) All right. Until next week, thank you for listening and happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.